Surprise, surprise, motherfuckers. It is episode two, but kind of episode one of the 2023-2024 Peanut Butter League podcast. It's been a while since we chatted and I don't have a script because it just took us 10 fucking minutes just to figure out how to get on this thing again. And we have this Mr. C team himself. He's not only been lacking in the offseason, but he's lacking on this podcast. Can't figure a fucking thing out. But we got your co-commish on the podcast today. We got P. Mills. <coughs> P. Mills, what's up, brother? Uh, not too much. Just, yeah, I literally spent fucking 10 minutes trying to figure out how to get on this podcast. And uh, now we're now we're on, though, so we're good to go. We are good to go. And we only have 30 minutes because the wife is showing up soon. Not yeah. my wife, yours. Uh, <laughs> and you gave me a strict deadline, which is why it's been so goddamn hard to figure out this podcast this year. Because I'm done doing it on everybody else's time. <laughs> But Jesus Christ, how many times have we fucking tried to plan this thing out? And like you have been, you've had work shit going on. You're just a corporate grinder now. Can't even so here's the thing. An hour in a fucking week. Startup grinder, baby. And here's the funniest thing that I think about it. Kicking off the podcast today is I've created myself as the villain in this league. And last year, the theme was Vince constantly said, shoe never works. What do you do? All you care about is fantasy. This and that. And here I am. I've stayed silent this year. Everybody's begging to hear my voice. So I'm I'm giving the people what they want at this point. Um, but it has been hard. We're going to try and get better at it. Uh, but I, I'm done scheduling over 10 p.m. intramural basketball games. I just can't do it anymore. I don't want to do it, and I can't do it just during the day. <laughs> oh, man. I see you got the Buffs hat on. Are you just a full blown? You're just a full blown primetime guy now, or what? No Buffs, baby. UCLA this week. <laughs> uh, I, so the only reason I knew they didn't play this week is because I I like betting on their games because I think like Vegas doesn't quite know what to do with them because they're fucking all over the place. So I was looking to see who they played this week to see if I could bet on them, and uh, they didn't play. And then you were like, "Bet the over, baby." And I was like, I, "There's overs fucking zero. <laughs> Just, yeah, I, I totally dropped the ball on that. But I'm new to this college football thing. I haven't had a team in years. Haven't paid one second of attention uh, in years. But I'm back, baby. One more thing I can talk shit about. Yeah, you used to be a Notre Dame guy before, like, was it you went to Hocro and then just fucking hated all those pricks? I went or to what? Holy Cross and then I fucking hated those kids. <laughs> um, But enough about college football. This is the Peanut Butter League, baby. Um, usually we have a little backup to go off of, but we're going to wing this one. So to, uh, to kick us off on the league, we are in what week is it? Six now or five? Uh, no week. No, I think it's week seven. seven. 
seven. This is how much football I've been able to pay attention to. Week seven, a lot's happened. Haven't necessarily gotten to talk about the draft or dive into the draft. At this point, it's been a long ways away. Can't really reflect on teams. We've had some time to see how things have played out, where people stand. I feel like there's a few outliers of the league, uh, as always, with the tanking moving on to the new season. Uh, But going into this pod, where do you want to start? Um, I mean, let's start with just like maybe outlook going into the season and then where teams are so far. Like my, my take is like you said, it's, it's not worth reflecting on the draft. And I think that's fair, but like, I I also want to like look a little bit at like who had picks, like who was expected to be good this year and who was not. And like, then, and who's where at this point. And I think like, obviously the storyline of the season is fucking Kyle. I mean, he had, I, I had it pulled up a little bit earlier. He had just picks on picks in the first few rounds and has been absolute ass cheeks all season long and is now, now sitting like in, in, I mean, kind of the driver's seat at the moment for, for beer mile next year. So like, I, I don't know what to make of that. I, I think that, that Ross was another one who had a ton of picks and who hasn't been as good. Now he's been scoring points. He's gotten a little bit unlucky and he's still in the playoff picture, but like Ross and Kyle were supposed to be two of the top, you know, maybe four teams in this league. And they are, um, you know, either at the bottom of the playoff picture or out of the playoff picture right now. I don't, I didn't remember that Kyle had a ton of picks. Um, yeah. but Kyle is, I mean, at this point, leading beer mile boy, just absolute fucking ass cheeks. Um, <laughs> uh, we've heard it enough in the, in the group chat. I don't know how many times we have to hear him talk about how many, how much his team has underperformed. Uh, it kind of goes back to last year with the trade. It seems like every other chat I have to reread that Kyle's team is underperforming. <laughs> Kyle, we know your team is underperforming. You're own six, um, and you're really bad. You're really, really bad. Uh, so I don't necessarily know um, if we need to hear that again in the chat. Uh, but going back to Kyle's team, he's probably made some some changes since the draft. Um, yeah, he, so I think the big thing with Kyle is he kind of fucking panicked. Like he, so Kyle and Ross both started out like, Oh, and two, I think. And like after week two, they basically like swapped whole teams. You remember they sent that fucking oh, yeah, like, yeah. Four person trade through like each team, like sent four teams or sent four players through to the other side. And that was the one where I think Sam was like, you know, not going to read all that, but good for you or sorry that happened. And it's like, I mean, apparently for Ross has been good for you and for Kyle's been sorry that happened. I don't know what the fuck he did, but like, and again, I'm not going through to look at all those players either, but like they, they basically swapped entire starting lineups and Kyle's team is still terrible. And Ross's team has gotten a little bit better since then. I was going to say Ross, I don't think Ross's record reflects um, what his team how his team's going to end up. I mean, I feel like he has a pretty solid team. He's had some um, huge pickups with the Rams, that Rams receiver um, who's still throwing up some points. Oh, I think he had a bad Nikua, week. Yeah. yeah, Nakua. I think he had a bad week last week, Cup's second game back, but the first week he still was throwing up points. Yeah. Um, so he has had some good pickups on the waiver wire. He also picked up Zach Moss, I think. Um, I don't think he was on his team previously, or maybe he traded for him. He ended up turning out. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think Big Sexy necessarily has any place to panic right now. 
of where no, he's No, I think he's okay. I mean, we give him shit because, you know, if, if he misses the playoffs again, I mean, it'd be five years in a row and it would just be a hilarious thing to happen. But there's just like, I mean, his team, if you, I mean, Justin Herbert, Tyree Kill, Puka Nakua, he just traded for Rashad White, um, Jameer Gibbs, who who's coming back from injury. Yeah, he's got Zach Moss. I mean, it's not like, it's not loaded, loaded, but like with Tyreek Hill and Puka Nakua doing what they're doing, and then, you know, Michael Pittman's a good receiver. I mean, and Justin Herbert as kind of a, provides like a baseline um, scoring as well. So like his, his team's going to be fine. Um, but if he would somehow get unlucky, you know, lose a few games here, lose a few games there, like... It would it would be one of the funniest things that this league has seen to see him miss the playoffs for a fifth year, and then have to pay a fat fine in the rule that he introduced to the league. In a rule that I'll never stop saying, I said was totally dumb, and everyone just thought I was being the most difficult person of all time. And I was like, "This is really dumb." I mean, I told you, no one has ever missed the playoffs four years in a row in our league before. Ross just did it last year. Or, yeah, last year, and uh, certain. I mean, obviously, no one's missed it five years in a row, and he he could potentially do that. It it is pretty crazy, like how like bad he's been. And the thing is, he's never finished last. He always finishes like ninth or tenth. He's like five wins a year. <laughs> and back to Kyle, though. I mean, you're looking at it like starting off zero and six is obviously the worst thing ever. Um, and there does take some bad luck to be zero and six. I think. But at the same time, like when you're when you start to think about the beer mile, I mean, he has to just to catch up with other people has to get two wins, which yeah. I think is is hard because that means right. you know, like that is, means they're not going to win any other games. Right. But, right. And the thing is, like, and from the beginning, like Brody and Drew, who were supposed to be the absolute bottom feeders of the league, and, and Mason too, have been like trading, like they've been trading picks. I mean, Brody, Brody, first thing he did was trade away Jamar Chase to, to JT to get like some depth on his team. He traded me a third rounder for Drake London before the season even started. Like he, he's been and, and, and Drew's been trading guys. Mason was trading picks like they, they've been giving up like even future picks to get like to try to either, you know, make the playoffs or at least avoid last place. And which has been, I think, made our league more fun. I mean, there isn't like there aren't any absolute just rollover teams that you see in the week. And you're like, Oh, like there's literally 0% chance I can lose to this team. Yeah. To that point, I do think there are a couple wagons, but I think to your point also, you know, saying like, Oh, I don't think there, I could lose to, um, there's not one team where you think like, Oh, I can't beat them. But at the same time, I feel like Sam winning the super bowl also gives that, like, cause last yeah. year there were the wagons and I feel like, you know, there's a couple wagons on this year that we'll get into have been thrown up some really high points, but last year it was almost like, Oh, one of the wet, like if you have a wagon, there's just no way you can lose. You have all these players. And then Sam snuck through. So I do think it gives, it really just showed that anything can happen. Yeah, no. And I mean, and that's, that's, I think changed a lot of people's mindsets too. Now I think we're still going to see around the deadline, like some movement here and there, like people are going to, Cause you know, you want to make the playoffs, but you also don't want to, you don't want to miss the playoffs and then still not have draft capital for next year. So yeah. like, there's going to be some movement, but it definitely isn't going to be to the point. Like I don't foresee anyone, you know, pulling a Brody or a Drew and like giving away their first five picks. Yeah. Like it's just not worth it when you look at like the percentage chances of like going into the playoffs, you know, even like you said, like, even if you, even if you have a, you know, 65% chance or 70% chance of winning every game to do that three weeks in a row, like you're still going to end up 
under a 50% chance or under a 40% chance of, of, of winning it all. Right. And I'm just taking a look here. Let me see something. Cause how many weeks do we have left before playoffs? I mean, we still have this week, which we yeah, just we, finished we 14 that. weeks. So yeah, we've got eight, uh, eight weeks left. Um, we're on week seven. So I mean, after this week, it'll be seven weeks left. So like the thing is like for Kyle, I mean, Kyle's trying to avoid last place, right? Like he doesn't want last. Um, and I mean, he'd be a funny beer mile contestant for sure, especially because he can't burp. He's in the Brody kind, no burp. <laughs> Watching Kyle have an explosive puke would be awesome. <laughs> so, but the thing is, so he's trying to avoid last, but like the playoffs are almost off the board for him. Like you have to, to make the playoffs, like JT sent that thing. No one has ever made the playoffs. Um, like you can't make it with five wins. Like you've got to have at least six wins and even six wins doesn't guarantee you playoffs, which means he would have to go six and two or seven and one the rest of the season to make the playoffs. And like, that's just probably not going to happen. Like (laughs) that's, that's the thing. So like he's almost, he's almost already out of the playoff picture, which is kind of crazy. Even, even with like, you know, how many teams we have that are two and four and, and even with like, you know, a 14 week season, just six weeks in, it's like, He's now he's kind of just fighting to avoid last. Right. And taking, and I mean, taking a look at the standings, you had mentioned, you know, there's some teams that are pretty even division one is very even right now. We have me and Chippy who are both three and three and then even drew drew just made trades. Yeah. He made trades and he's only a game behind. Right. Um, And then we get to division two. I mean, you've been throwing up some massive points. I feel like Vince, I've been keeping an eye out a little bit. Didn't he start off really hot, but then he's kind of like come back down to earth a little bit? Yeah, well, Eckler got injured, so he's been without Eckler for like four weeks. Um, Eckler finally came back last week, didn't do that much, but like Vince's running backs are loaded. Like he's got Bijan, he's got uh, he's got Eckler, he's got somebody else even too. He's got, um, oh, ETN, um, and then like Devontae Adams, Lamar Jackson. Like Vince's team is very, very good. Yeah, stacked. Um, he, yeah, he, I mean – yeah, his team's his team's good. He's gonna be tough to beat. Um, I'm surprised with like, yeah, how low his his scores have have been. Um, not that they're low at all, but like, I think you know after a couple of weeks, people people had him and JT as the top two teams. Um, which I mean, and even JT made that point. What is it? JT was saying Vince might be the best team in the league when he was bitching about the Evan Ingram accidental <laughs> drop pickup thing. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, JT is clearly wagoning right now, though. I mean, which is yeah. expected. That guy just went absolute berserk with his picks. Yeah, he had five um, picks in the second round. Yeah, five picks second round. Dude sitting at six and zero with eight hundred ninety-seven points. The yep. next closest person to him is eight hundred ten points, which That's is you. Me. Yeah. Um, so JT, I mean, clearly a wagon, I think going back to the, like, all it takes is one bad week. Like, right. I mean, this week he's already like projected to lose to chip after, um, like last night's game. Yeah. Um, he also has, isn't his whole team on by, I think. Yeah. He's got, he's got, he's, it's a, it's a good week for chip to play him for sure. Cause yeah, he's got Jamar chase and, and Brees hall on by, um, you Sorry. got Sammy Boy at five and one, not apologizing about it. The dude just thinks he's kingpin after sneaking his way to a Super Bowl. Um, hats and off. To thing, and, and that goes to like the bigger picture. I mean, I remember with the first pod we ever had was last year, and you just absolutely screaming in my face about how I'm a fucking loser because championships are all that matter, and like you'd rather be Trent Dilfer than Philip Rivers and all this bullshit. And now, fucking a year later. And we see Sam sneak through as one of the worst champions we've ever had in, in our league. 
and winning it all, beating you in the, in the, in the championship. And the tone has changed. And like that, and I think the tone has changed for the entire league and the kind of realizing like what goes into winning a championship and just like how much, how much kind of like luck plays into it. So yeah, I mean, literally all it takes is now, I mean, you can be a wagon and you can be like JT's team in 2014 or Dakota's team 2013 or whatever, and, and end up still winning it. I mean, it's not to say that the one seed can't win it, but like there are just with how competitive the league is and how, how even teams end up being at the end. Like it's, it's no guarantee once you're going to, when you're going into a three week playoffs. And you never know when somebody can have a heart attack on the field to ruin it all. <laughs> I mean, think about like Sam's two, Sam's two, uh, or no, not even like Sam's two um, Super Bowl appearances. The one he last year he wins. You, you have the, the heart attack on the field. He's a seven seed, goes all the way. Um, it wasn't the other one that he won. It was one that you won when like oh, you come back from like a an insane deficit on like Sunday night or Monday night, right around right around Christmas, and end up winning it. Like there's just so many things that can go one way or another by like an inch, and it like changes the entire complexion of like how a manager's viewed and like how the season's viewed. I will say, um, not that I remember every Super Bowl in the league history, but I would probably argue if I did that me and Sam have had the most eventful Super Bowls. Oh, in I the mean, league history. The the comeback and then the the heart attack is like the. I mean, those are the two craziest things that have that have happened. That was a nightmare last year. Like if 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 like Jamar Chase or whoever I don't remember who you had on your team. Um, uh, if those guys would have like gone off the next week um, and you would have like won, it would have been like, I mean, that's what we agreed to do is like take those points the next week and then put them back in. Like it would have been even, even crazier if that would have, if it would have happened that way. I had two players. That was the worst part about it is I had two or three players. Cause yeah, I had, Josh Allen sure. oh, and, you had Allen T. And, and T Higgins. And then I want to say I had one other one. It might've been the bills defense only, but oh, still- no. it was a Dawson Knox. Oh yeah, Dawson Knox was it. But still, I mean, you have you going into that next week, your your teammate just had a heart attack. Like, are you fully locked in? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's your a, teammate had a heart attack six days ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a game changer for sure. Um, um, but that's all said and done. The man won his ship. I wouldn't try and defend yourself. I mean, in 15, 16 years, you still don't have one. Um, you would think that luck and and uh, skill would collide at some point, which it has for most of us. Um, and you are still on that bottom tier. Now with it that being suck. said. It does suck. I mean, it's it's. I think about it like every single day. It, <laughs> if, you, if you can't have luck and skill collide one time <laughs> in 16 years, uh, which then it gets into the argument. So Chippy's been going off. Chip always goes off. I feel like one thing I pride myself on is everyone thinks I just talk shit. But most of my takes – have some backing to it where chip is the one screaming, you know, every year it's like my team's a wagon. He misses playoffs. He's yelling this and that. Um, he, I think he brought up rings again the other day. I put it in the chat that this man looks as looks at his rings, like the fucking pre Holocaust Yankees rings. Like <laughs> everybody, like no one even like thinks about it, but it's still just like rings. Yes. I mean, I made the, I made the, I, I said that Sam might be the worst, the worst team to ever win a Super Bowl. Chips two championships are probably two and three in terms of the other two worst teams to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> he was a, he was a five seed and a six seed and was like middle of the pack in terms of points scored the whole season and like somehow made his way through and won. Like it wasn't like those two teams were fucking like JT OBJ wagons or like Dakota 
teams that were great. Like they were, they were Sam Haynes championships. Like that's so it's, it's not like those were absolute like dynamic teams that, uh, that carried him through. And I, one last point about myself, I put wagon after wagon after wagon on the field this year. The team is lacking right now, dealing with some issues. I do think that my team's not as bad as they are as, as everyone says that they are, I should say. Um, yeah, I don't think your team's horrible. Um, like you're you're gonna be fine. You'll 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 probably be a playoff team. Like and then like you said, anything can happen. Like and all it took. I mean, what it took was what Sam picking up Jarek McKinnon last year. Like it's like one pickup in the right week, and like then everything can fall into place for you, and those those get hot in the playoffs. And let me be clear, everyone lost their mind when JJ went down. It was like, oh my god! And then I had a bad week, which everyone has their bad week. I mean, I had I, a horrible week this week, dude. I had a. 86 point week I think last year with my wagon team like it happens and I went from fourth 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 most points to like kind of bottom tier at this point Mm -hmm. but at the same time the week before I threw up 148 points and Justin Jefferson only got me 5.8 so it's like the team can throw up points which is I don't understand where everybody it's almost like People want to get me engaged again, so they just have to say things. But I told you all, motherfuckers, I'm quiet. I it, told you this league is boring without me. <laughs> it is crazy just, like, how different you feel on, like, a Tuesday after your team went off compared to after they sucked ass. Like, dude, last week, I thought I was, like, ready to fucking write my name on the trophy. Like, I was like, this team is an absolute fucking wagon. 170 points without like and I didn't even have Justin Fields starting and he put up a huge number like I would have had like a 200 points if I had started the right fucking quarterback even it's like my team was absolutely like no one could do anything wrong everyone was scoring I was like this team's awesome now this week it's the same fucking team Justin Fields got hurt in the middle of the game so I put up like 90 and now I'm like god damn it this team sucks like how am I gonna fucking win game now asking people for trades what am I gonna do (laughs) um but let's move on so you know we're about halfway through the season taking a look at standings taking a look at teams let's do a little bit of projections i think we can both agree you know we'll start with beer mile boy biggest loser um i think you know we've talked about it a little bit i think that's going to be kyle uh i don't necessarily i think anything can happen injuries you know bad weeks for people so i do think it's possible to go on a run i think it's easy for some people to fall off but I do think being zero and six, it is a long, yeah, a big the hill. Question is, does he lean into it? Right, like, does he trade away Cooper Cup at the deadline if that means potentially him getting last place, or does he keep him, or even make a trade to try to get somebody to make his team better to avoid last place, and maybe someone like you know Mason or someone like Drew or or, or Brody sells off their players and then like loses out. Like is, you know, it, cause Kyle does not want to fucking run that thing. I'll tell you that right now. Like there's, there's some people who are like Mason's fine. Like Mason has said he, when he tanks, he's getting last and he doesn't care. Brody's <laughs> done the same thing. I don't know that Kyle has that mindset as much. So like, that'll be an interesting dynamic to see around the trade deadline. Yeah. But I even, I mean, even Mason, and this goes just with like the way things just play out. Like that dude's only two and four. And he's like, but he could beat me this week, and his team's trash, and my team. Yeah, like, well, and he's been he's been selling off hard, and he says it's just restructuring, like he's just trying to get some draft picks that he can turn around and get other guys. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, he's he sold off like uh, DeAndre Swift, and he he gave Drew somebody else. He sold off Amon Ra 
to um, to chip. But then, like, yeah, he's got Christian Kirk puts up like nineteen last last night, and like yeah. he's, he's still got Sam Laporta, like who I, I traded him Sam Laporta. Like he's got he's got okay he's got an okay team. He's gonna be all right. Um, and I, I I think he's still planning on trying to maybe deal some of those draft picks that he's gotten and like try to get some other players and maybe make the playoffs. Yeah, and I do think in previous leagues it's like okay, our p- previous leagues, previous years, like it's like okay, you you have like three at least three teams that really suck where you're like okay they're not gonna make and it's kind of like the fight for last just to get picks and picks and picks and me is home <laughs> and oh dude i didn't even see the new crib hey. oh yeah it is <laughs> um but one of the big things is like we have a couple teams like no one right now like everybody's pretty much in the running for playoffs at this point like there's no there's really not any teams besides Kyle where you're like oh they're fucked like everyone is very close which I do yeah. think that's been different from previous years. Oh for sure, and that's where it's like um, if you look at let me see um, oh yeah I mean like two and four I mean there's a two and four team that's currently in the playoff picture like Ross is two and four he's in eighth place. That's so that's just tiebreakers. Like everyone else is two. I mean, there's Mason's two and four, Drew's two and four, Brody's two and four. They're all out of the playoffs, but literally all it takes it's I mean, it's not even a game. It's just like a it's just a points tiebreaker at this point. So that now do you think picks are as valuable as they've been in the past? Uh what do you mean by that? I just think it's it has like I think people are still dishing picks a little bit, but I think they are a little bit more hesitant to say, oh, hey, here's a first, here's a second. You know, I think I think the value, like last year, it was like, oh, you wanted a dude, here's a first round pick. Where I think this year, it's like, eh. Oh, I, I think people are for sure more hesitant. And that's, and I told you, I mean, there was who was, I think it was you and, and maybe Chip or somebody yeah. tried to submit that, that rule at the, at the draft. And it was like, um, you know, trying to ban like draft pick trades. And I was like, look, I'm telling the market's going to like self regulate. Like all it takes is a year like last year where you see people like, like you gave up a first rounder. Brody gave up every pick he fucking had. Uh, Drew Drew gave up almost every pick he fucking had. So and like and neither of those two made it out of the first round. I mean, you almost won it, but like neither of those two made it out of the first round of the playoffs. So like so much can happen, and I think people are realizing that like they don't want to you know mortgage an entire season to potentially get bounced in the first round. Like you'd rather maybe give up some picks if you think your team's got a chance, or like you know maybe if you want to get over the hump, do something here or there, and you know maybe swapping picks or, or doing things like that. But uh, it's I don't think you'll see like that full sellout for to try to win a title type of thing happening as much anymore. Um, so when we think about, you know, going into the playoffs, we've talked a little bit about the different teams. You know, I know I didn't, you know, we didn't have much time to really dive into it. Um, but let's start off. What do we usually do? We have like the the favorites, kind of the dark horse. Um Let's go through some teams and say, hey, here are the you know top guys I think could win it. Here are a few that I think could sneak in. Mm-hmm. And then here are the guys that I don't think are, are necessarily going to hit. Yeah. Um, I mean, right now, obviously, the favorite's JT. I mean, he's he's 6-0. and He's been putting up huge numbers. Uh, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's been awesome. Like, he's, he's deep. Like, he's got guys up and down the lineup. And he's – I mean, it – the the level of energy that he has on like the waiver wire and in like trades and stuff is just insane. I mean, he's, he's, he's talking about grinding. You're grinding at the startup life and he's grinding on the fantasy football life. Like, I, think, 
I think this man may be like clinically insane. <laughs> He's I made 38 waiver moves this year. I asked him what he wanted for Christian McCaffrey like earlier in the year just to see. Like just to see. Like I knew he probably wasn't going to give him up. I knew it was untouchable, but I like wanted to see. And he literally asked me for my first, I think, three or four rounds. <laughs> and then like, which is great. And, like Christian McCaffrey, virtually untouchable, right? Like I get it. But then the trade offers that he comes back to me with for absolute studs, I had to be like, JT. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, he he uh, he definitely thinks very highly of Garrett Wilson. And I don't know that, like, I'm not saying Garrett Wilson's not good and is not going to be great in the future. But, like, <laughs> Garrett Wilson, like, there was an offer that he, that he made me and I, like, sent him and I sent him back a question. I was like, I, I won't say exactly what the offer was, but he, I sent him back. And I was like, wait, like, do you have these draft picks going in the right direction? Like, how is this? How does this make any sense? <laughs> A thousand percent. And he always like, that's the thing is he does a good job at always making, or maybe doesn't do a good job, but he always tries to make you feel like you're like getting something so much like, which is a good trait to have, but. I mean, yeah, you, you can, you do that as well. I mean, I always see like you're when, whenever we're in trade talks, which isn't that often, but I mean, we, we've been bouncing around ideas at each other the last like week or so. And like, you're, you're the same, you have the same salesman mentality and it's, it's uh it's, but, I mean, but I would like to say, to have. but I would also like to say that I feel like mine have backing and are valid. And I come back to you with points that say, Hey, this is why it's valid. Where JT is just like, well, you get to move 48 pit. Like, he, like, it's just like, like I can at least create a fucking vision to say, Hey, this is why this doesn't necessarily make sense for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, so I haven't, he hasn't, I've only really dealt with him. I think he only offered me that one trade, but I'm sure he's, he's been knocking on everyone's door up and down the league. I mean, when he's, when he's got a good team, he knows it and he absolutely grinds. I mean, even when he has a bad team, he grinds. I mean, last year he was like incessant, yeah. even his team was horrible and he still ended up getting five second round picks out of it. So like, I, I it's, it still ends up being like a, he can, he scrapes, scraps and claws and, and that's what makes him, uh, I mean, so good. I mean, he's picking up guys. He's picking up dudes like for every time slot, right? Like he'll wait till the last second to pick up a kicker, but like he'll have the backup running back on the Thursday night game, or he'll have the backup running back for someone in the noon slot. Like he's just trading these dudes out, and you see him like you get the alerts on your phone. It's like he's dropped this guy. Now he's dropped this guy. Now he's dropped this guy. And it's like he's crazy with it. Yeah. So I think how, and here's my question how much do you put into when looking at like wagons of the league? Like how much do you put into obviously like JT's an outlier. Like if you've scored that many more points than everybody else, like that shows, Hey, you have a wagon. Mm. But when you look at, you know, point scored, and this is always an argument that everyone brings up like, Oh, point scored, point scored, my team point scored, which I mean, what is that threshold? Like how, what is that threshold of point scored where you can say, Hey, this is actually a big difference that shows that you have a good team. Yeah, so I think it's just it, to me points scored at the end of the season probably means something. Um, I think this early in the season, like it can be skewed by like, I mean, look what Dakota's Dakota's got. What is he the third, fourth highest points scored? But I, he's probably had the like he's had two super high weeks, and then he's had some really down weeks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have the second highest points scored. I've had some big big weeks, and I've had like one or two like not very good weeks. Which does show your potential, uh, but it also shows two sides, right? Your team can right. absolutely do nothing or explode. Where like 
last year my team consistently was putting up I think, and I don't want to say like, oh, my team, I'm just saying my mindset. Like right, if right, I'm right. consistently throw, putting up 130 plus points, like yeah. I think if I'm consistently doing that, I'm going to win most of my games rather than, you know, have these crazy massive weeks, which everyone, if you have a good team is going to explode one week. Right. Well, and that's, and that's why been my argument. Yeah. And, and I think that there, there, so there are leagues that like give awards out for like most points in a season. There are leagues that like, you know, even put like the most points, someone with the most points, like they get like the number one seed or something in their playoffs. Like they yeah. give like different, they award that some. And, and I remember when I came out with like my rankings, right? Like the ones that I do where I do like a, a final ranking, regular season ranking, power ranking, which is the points scored and then kind of aggregate them. And people had questions about like why I do like why I one, some people ask like why I account for points scored. Some people were like, well, shouldn't points scored just be like, that means you have the best team. And yeah. it's like, that's not really what that means because like the goal of fantasy football is to not have the most, is not to have the most points over the season. Yeah. The goal is to have the most wins and then like win each week and go and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So like if you put together a team that can have the most points, but it's because they're scoring 180 one week and a hundred the next week, I'd rather have the team that scores 140 every week. Yeah. And, like in, you know, 138 every week and maybe they'll have fewer points at the end of the season, but like they're more consistent and like you can count on that production and it makes you less likely in my mind to like get upset in the playoffs and, and, and stuff like that. So like, that's why I think that just, that's why I kind of weight all those three pillars evenly in the, in my like manager rankings, because, you know, sometimes you can get right. Like sometimes you can have a really good team that puts up a lot of points and you get unlucky, but yeah. sometimes you can have a team that is just all over the place and like you get, you have a ton of points, but that doesn't mean you have a good team. It just means yeah. that your team has a high ceiling and a low floor. And a low floor. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess in another point to this is like you look at a lot of these like – if you look at a team like – for instance, let's just compare. I'm trying to think of like the range here. So like everybody – so for instance, everybody says – trying to think of a shitty team. I just don't want to make the whole thing about myself. <laughs> But for instance, like, so this is like true though, for instance, and I'm trying to see if anybody's close to me that people are saying suck, but no one really is. But if you look at a team that's like, everyone's like, oh, your team's so bad. I have 742 points scored. Or, and then you look at, you know, Chip thinks his team's a wagon, 768 points. Like we're essentially looking at a 20, 30 point difference on the season through right. like, so that's spread out through seven weeks. So is that really that big of a, right. Know, it's, it's not really. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, look at look at like Chip's team and Vince's team. I think you know if you asked most people, and, and you know maybe things have changed a little bit. Chip traded for Amon Ra, like he's made some moves. But if you asked most people, they would say you know Vince's team's better, right? Like Vince's team is a more formidable opponent week in and week out. But like Vince has put up two fewer points than Chip on the season. That's an instance where it's like I don't points four doesn't tell the whole story. Like I think Vince's team is a more consistent like product every week yeah. where seems a little bit more variable. Now, Chip's team has gotten better and they look, I mean, they look pretty good with, with Amon Ra in there. And depending on what Kenneth Walker does, Alvin Kamara back from um Alvin Kamara back from suspension, like his team's gonna be getting better, and I think his team's gonna be decent. Um, but like if you're looking up to this point in the season, like that's an instance where it's like I don't know the the, the points score for necessarily tell the story of a of a team. Um, and that's why like Vince's team's four and two and Chip's team's three and three, even though they have like basically the same number of points. So out of all the, you know, three and three teams, because, you know, you have you, Vince. I think Chip does have a good team. 
even though he's three and three. So I would honestly put him in that conversation that I'm about to say JT, like you have like the wagons, right? Um, but it is very close. Like looking at Mason, even Brody chip, pretty much all division one out of those teams, you know, like I said earlier, I think everything's pretty close. Who would you say, you know, are the ones to sneak in? Who are the ones to get unlucky? Um, where do you think those chips yeah. fall? So that's, I was actually, I was, I was talking to JT about it a little bit this week earlier. And he was like, he's like, do you think the playoffs are kind of set at this point? Um, get being basically saying like, do we think this bottom four stays the bottom four, which is currently Brody, uh, Drew, Mason, Kyle. Um, and then do we think the top eight stays the top eight? And I think that if you ask teams to like people to like power rank those teams, that's probably how they would do it. Um, the question is just like, it's so much about like, what, what, what is your tolerance for risk? Like, are you, are you going to try to deal picks to make the playoffs or are you going to say, okay, I'm borderline. I'm going to trade some guys away, get some picks. Maybe I'd sneak into the playoffs. Maybe I don't. Um, that's what I think is going to be like, we're going to see with what everyone's mindset is. I mean, Brody's sitting there at in ninth place. Um, and he's, you know, he's 40 points behind Ross in that tiebreaker, but they're tied in terms of record, um, you know, and Drew's only a point behind Brody and Mason's only six points behind Drew. So like there's a big clump of, of teams right there at the, at the kind of top of the out of the playoff threshold. The and question the is, are they going to be able to pass anybody in the playoff race? And to that to that effect, I would say like kind of what you just said, like Ross's team, I think, is better than his record shows. Chip's team, he made some moves. I think his team's probably better than his record shows. I think your team's like pretty good. I mean, they're fine. You're three and three with, especially when Justin Jefferson comes back like that, that takes it to a different level as well. Um, Dakota's team is one that I really have no idea what, like what, like what they could be. Um, They're very much a wild card. I think if someone's going to drop out of the playoffs, that's currently in the top eight, maybe it would be him. Um, But again, like that, that would require one of those teams that are not in the playoffs to really like stick it out and not, not sell at the deadline because if you sell the deadline and and the teams that are in the playoffs are trying to win, then it's, then it's a lot harder for you to kind of like get in the back door. And one thing to keep in mind too, is like with bye weeks with injury, like you really never know what's going to happen. And like, when you look at a week and say, Oh, you know, this person's playing this person, they're going to lose, like given buys and all that, like you just really never know, especially yeah. with it being so close. Well, and, and yeah, and I learned my lesson, you know, last year and even two years ago, like I used to come out with that mid season recap thing. And it's basically become like a pointless exercise because so many moves and so many trades happen after I do that, that just like no team is the same at the end of the year as they were when I write that thing up. So then I look back and I'm like, well, this is just dumb as hell. Like this, this doesn't even accurately reflect. I think last year, I think it was, I don't remember, or maybe two years ago, I said like, Oh, like this team's horrible. And then they made a bunch of trades and then ended up like getting into the playoffs and, and like making noise or whatever. Yeah. I think last year, maybe I predicted chip to like win the regular season and he fell off a cliff and like missed the playoffs. I think so. It was yeah. like, it's kind of, or maybe finished. I don't remember where he was. Maybe eighth place. I don't know. But like, so much can change from from week to week with like with injuries, with trades, with waiver pickups. It's just like you can't really predict. It's just about giving your team a chance, and that's kind of the. It's almost the baseball mindset, and people are like, you know, get a little bit irritated with baseball front offices being like, you know, real nerdy and wonky and whatever. And, and talking about like our goals to win 54% of games and like make the playoffs and then, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs, but like that is kind of the mindset in fantasy football too, right? It's like win half your games or more, get into the playoffs and then have a team that can compete at that level. Like just hope that something can go right. I mean, now granted you can give yourself a better chance by having a team like JT's compared to a team like, you know, 
I don't know, Masons, but yeah. like there's a, there's, if you're in the playoffs, anyone can get hot over three weeks. I mean, look at the, look at the MLB playoffs right now. And like, those are, they're actually playing the games like that. The, the NLCS right now is two wildcard teams. Um, the ALCS is a wildcard team in the Astros. Like none of the teams, none of the top teams that won a hundred plus games this year are in the NLCS. Like it was such a small sample size, like literally anything can happen. And that's kind of the mindset I think you have to use in fantasy football too. Yeah. Which to that point is like one thing that I love, but also hate about this league. And I think like, I think I love the fact that, you know, it does, we get to say pretty competitive, like Sam snuck in, which I don't know what Sam finished last year, but like seventh last year, seventh. So this is my point. Exactly. So Sam was seventh sneaks into the playoff, gets lucky a couple weeks and then actually really got lucky through the whole playoffs. I remember looking at his playoff scores and like he played the two lowest scores of the whole like playoffs two weeks in a row. And then I scored, I didn't have a good week in the Super Bowl. So like, and that's from a seventh seed where I play in another league. So where only six people make the playoffs and that like feels a fucking lot harder (laughs) to like, (laughs) to like if your team's starting to slip, you're like, shit, which I like our league because like it does give everybody that chance. It keeps it interesting. But then when you get into the conversation of rings, 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 it's like, right. You're not like some teams that I don't, don't necessarily, if you're looking at standings and things like that may not necessarily like, deserve to be there but they can get there and they can win it which i love and i think if our our league was only six players like the tanking would be absurd which i've talked to mason about this a little bit but i do like kind of go back and forth with it because you know if the arguments are rings and this and that like it is like okay that would add a little more clout to rings Mm -hmm. whereas do you get what i'm saying yeah no i get exactly what you're saying it's about like it's about weighting the difference between um, you know, do you want, do you want to see competitive games throughout the season? Do you want to see competitive ma- managers staying competitive throughout the season? Or do you want to have the person who wins the Super Bowl be potentially a little bit more deserving of winning a Super Bowl, which is like, I totally get that, that weight. And that's the weight. I mean, to go back to baseball, using the same reference, I mean, that's baseball is currently expanding the playoff and they're kind of balancing that same thing, right? Like they're the problem with baseball is that so many teams just don't give a shit by like August and, yeah. and September. And it's like, it's not fun for the fans to watch. Now, granted, what we're doing isn't for fans to watch, but it's still for like, it's still for our enjoyment. Like, it's not as fun when you're looking at the raw, when you're looking at the every team, and you're like, okay, well, here's four teams that are trying to win, and here's eight teams that suck ass. Like, that's yeah. not, that's not what you want to see in a season every single year. But I, I get your point where, like, if you're trying to, like, rate, like, how good are you? Or are you trying to feel deserving about winning a championship? It does, it is a little bit different if you have to be like a top four or a top six team to make it into the playoffs as opposed to just being like a top eight. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, a lot of with the top eight versus top six, like I think it would be a little more sweaty, like for the three and three teams and the two and four teams. And I mean, Mm -hmm. even like just like that close race, because then it really creates like, okay, fuck. Because even I was talking with Mason about it and he was like, tanking would be so bad in our league, which I do agree with that to an extent. But like, Mm -hmm. when would you make the decision of like, I'm, I'm right there. You know, right, right there is a lot slimmer. Like two teams is a lot to kick out. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like look at the, I mean, if you just look at the standings right now, that would mean like Ross and Chip are out when like, I think most people would say Ross and Chip are probably two of the six best teams like on paper yeah. and they would be out right now. If you, if you just went one through six. Um, so like that definitely adds some, some, some impact in how people think about things. And it would even make a team like, so like me right now, like I'm four and two, I've got 810 points. 
I feel pretty confident that my team's going to make the playoffs. Like it's not a lock. It's not a guarantee, yeah. but like, I feel, you know, injuries can happen. Anything can happen, but I feel pretty confident that my team's a playoff team, like kind of regardless of what I do this season. So I can make moves that are more long-term facing. Whereas like if I was, you know, if I was three and three, or I mean, if, if it was a four and two team, if even as a four and two team, if we went to a 16 playoff, like then it's a lot more likely that I could, you know, hit a losing skid, lose a couple games in a row. And then, like miss the playoffs and then I would be a little bit more careful in, in, in moves that I make. Yeah. So that's, it goes both ways, but yeah, I think I would be concerned that, that the tanking would be really bad come like, you know, week eight, week nine, when, when someone's like, if, you know, if someone's two and five or, you know, maybe three and five in week eight and right now in our league, they still have a chance to make the playoffs. But if you're three and five in a 16 playoff, like you're probably done, right? And yeah. then you're just selling off. And like yeah. there could be a good team that's three and five that then puts a bunch of floods the market with a bunch of good players, and like then it's kind of crazy, right? Like, yeah. just- but I but I also think to that same to that same point, I think the first year you would have teams tanking, and it would like the tanking would go up. Like I think it would kind of be that like kind of up and down like chart of it because I think, you know, the first year people would tank, people would trade their picks away, but then you have to start thinking about, okay, I really have to be competitive next year. So then you would be a little less willing to trade those picks away for still a chance to lose because then you're immediately just taking yourself out essentially. Right. And I do think like that if, if we would change the number of teams, I think you'd also have to change the like the conversation around like the, the playoff fine structure, like then it would be, then you definitely would have teams missing the playoffs, like three, four, maybe even five years in a row. And yeah. like, you, we'd have to probably change how we do that because, you know, we, as much as, as competitive as we get, like we don't want to, you know, put someone into yeah. bankruptcy for missing the playoffs five years in a row. But uh, what's my uh, argument from the start? <laughs> no, I know. But like the, the point of it was like with eight teams, like it just shouldn't yeah. happen. I mean, yeah. yeah. Ross's thing, I, I was talking to Mason earlier this week, and not to like shit on Ross too much, but uh Fuck yeah. Ross. I I told him today, dude, I had him at the gauntlet with his fucking hood on, and the one time he enters the chat is to come at me. I'm bad. <laughs> um but like that was uh, this is like a little bit off off topic, but uh, uh Ross in our league has this is his tenth season in the league. Guess how many times Ross has won more than seven games in a regular season in our league? Three. One. <laughs> it was a year he won it all. He won nine games that year. That's Every so other year, bad. he wins seven or less. <laughs> That's so bad. Like, even Brody, who's been, like, historically horrible, has, like, three nine-win seasons in our league's history. Like, that's yeah. – it, well, Even crazy. before last year, I remember last year Brody had a wagon, made some big moves, sold his whole, mm-hmm. like, kind of – gave up this this year's draft for it but i remember like not long before that he had a wagon one of the years yeah he was so he was he had nine wins in 2022 last year and he had nine wins in 2018 and 2019 back to back so he had some like good seasons yeah. um then he went like tank mode 2021 he only won one game and then you know did the whole like kind of gave up two seasons to try to win it in one season and did, didn't exactly first round. yeah uh but yeah, this year, this year has been different, you know, compared to most years too. Like last year, at this point, you knew like who was out of it, like who was who was losing, like who was tanking, who wasn't going to yeah. be good. This year, like, I mean, like I said, Brody's making moves to try to be decent. Drew's making moves to try to be decent. I think you'll see Mason in the next couple of weeks make moves to try to be pretty good. Um, it like people don't want to get last, and people want to try to make the playoffs. And 
it's been that that makes it so there's like at 12 like actually teams that can win every single week yeah i do think it's dependent because mason's one of those players too though that is always kind of up and down he has his high year then tanks and then has his high year then tanks so i i do think this is a big week for mason he like started it off because if he wins this week i mean he's back to three and four you know i would be three and four we have a lot of people who are three and four but then if he loses if i end up winning then he'll be two and five so like do you think that could create some hesitancy to be like hesitancy to be like, Hey, I'm just gonna, you know, dish these picks for other players, but I'm still in the, I'm in a bigger hole than I was. So I do think with Mason, it's very, because he has the history of, you know, that up and down, like I'm going to trade everybody away, right. have a bunch of picks, then he'll be a really good contender. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it kind of comes down to like your tolerance for risk, right? Like, are you willing to take a little bit of a risk to try to make the playoffs and have a shot? Or are you just saying packing it in, and saying, "All right, we're just gonna we're we're loading it in. We're gonna try to do it next next year." Each each manager is um, like a little bit different, um, but and I, I think Mason's someone who is a little bit unpredictable. Um, I mean, honestly, everyone's unpredictable. I, I think people have shifted their mindset so much. I don't really know what teams are gonna do this year. Yeah. Um, but but Mason's someone. I mean, he even said in the group chat, he's like, "I'm not tanking. I'm just restructuring." Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> like, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But like, yeah. you know, I I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go for it. The question. The question for me is like Drew and Brody are the two teams where it's like the next couple weeks are huge. Like if they win a couple games and they're four and four, like then I think they're in. Right. Like they're trying to win games. They're trying to go to the playoffs. But if they, you know, if they're three and five, if they're two and six then I think you start seeing maybe some more like sell off and, and, and see what happens. I've tried to recoup some of those draft picks they spent to even get to this point in the, in the season. I mean, Drew, man, Drew's only projected, which I'm only projected 101. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but Drew, Drew didn't have a pick forever and he's only projected 99 this week. So it's not looking good for him against Dakota. Um, Sam, and Kyle, Kyle's actually projected to beat Sam by a point. We'll hear if we have to hear about how underperforming his team is again. Uh, if he has a bad week. But, I mean, he could sneak a win in. It could be a big week for him, honestly. And then Vinny's projected to absolutely whip your ass. Yeah, my team's – I mean, Justin feels me. I'm starting fucking Jordan Love and, and my quarterback. Because, of course, I've got, I've got uh, C.J. Stroud and then um, – like the week Justin Fields gets hurt, uh, CJ Stroud's on bias. So then I got to pick up another quarterback. And so now I'm starting Jordan Love at quarterback. So here's a good, here's a question. So with the draft picks, I started the, I was the first one to ever give up a first round pick. Everyone lost their shit. I gave it to JT for Devontae Adams. Or, yeah, Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, when I thought I had the BTE. Um, now I feel like a lot of talks are going on. Like people hit me up. Do you, th- what do you think about those first round draft picks? Do you think it'll stay like, Hey, this is a dude, like you have to give up a first. Or do you think as people get more hesitant? Cause even as a seller, like you're going to have to adjust to the market. Like that's what I always said last year was like, guys, you can say no, <laughs> like you don't have, like we've created this insane expectation, like where JT's asking for your whole fucking first six picks. Like, you're allowed to say no. And if everyone says no, like who has to adjust? And I do think people have gotten more hesitant. So right. do you think we'll shift away? Do you think that first round will always be there? Do you think we'll shift away a little bit to, you know, if no one's really wants to give it up, then you're going to, you know, if you have a dude, you're the seller's either going to have to say no and not budge or the buyer's, you know, not going to 
Yeah, I think it's going to come down to like what the market is, right? Like typically what when we've seen those picks be traded, I think it's usually been like earlier in the season, right? It's not necessarily been right at the deadline. Um, because, you know, someone, there's a guy that someone just wants and they want him and they, you know, they have a couple of great weeks to start the year and someone, people just should go get him. And we haven't seen it so far this year. The question is going to be like, what's the market look like at the deadline? Like, are there more sellers or are there more buyers at the deadline to like, are, cause you know, if there's an auction, right? Like if let's say that I want, you know, like we'll use Kyle for an example, he's got Cooper cup. Like, let's say a bunch of people want Cooper Cup and, like, everyone's asking for him. Like, maybe that drives the price up. But, like, yeah. or if you – but if you've got – on the other hand, if it's, it comes to the deadline time and Kyle's like, I got to get rid of Cooper Cup and get something for him and the market's not like that – it's not a hard market, it's a softer market, then you'll see that someone, like, going for a, a lot lower of a, of a round. Yeah. Um, I'm, just, that, I'm just curious to see if people will say – like, I have people right now who are like, oh, your team sucks and will try and give me, like, a fourth round for A.J. Brown. And I'm like <laughs> – no, <laughs> but then, you know what I mean? Or like people have asked about JJ, like, and not multiple people. <laughs> and it's like, it's like guys. <laughs> like, you can say it was me. I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there has been multiple people, um, but like even AJ Brown, it's like, oh, you suck. And it's like one, no. And two, like not a fourth round, but I'm trying to see where that line will be drawn. Right. 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 And it, and that's where it's like, that's what makes the game because I, I think the reason that, that trades don't happen more often without draft picks is because everyone can just click on that, like evaluate trade button. And like, yeah. you think that that's the be all end all. And it, it's, it's not, but it looks yeah. like it's hard to say yes to a trade that puts you in the red on those numbers. Yeah. If there's no draft picks involved. Um, and draft picks are kind of the intangible, right? That like you, you don't really know what they're worth. You don't really know, like you can't compare draft picks to players perfectly. Yeah. So it allows for a little bit of that inefficiency where both sides think they're getting a good deal. Yeah. Um, that that's what makes, I mean, that's what makes trading draft picks fun, but it also makes it very difficult. And I think that like some people have been pretty good at it. Um, like JT's been, JT's been good. Um, I, mean, I don't know. People have been, a lot of people have been good at times at trading, trading mm-hmm. four picks and, and, trading away picks at, at the right moment. Right. Um, but it's it, it's not like an exact science at all. So it's kind of just like feeling out the market. And I remember like a couple of years ago, I, you know, I, I, I used to have a spreadsheet that I kind of put together when I was, when I was trying to trade away guys for picks, I was like, okay, like, here's what this running back went for last year. Like, here's what yeah. like Todd Gurley went for in 2017. He went for a fourth rounder or something like, yeah. this is what like the market should be. This is where you should go. But like all you can go on, I mean, with the market moves, like if you, that was back in like 2018 or something. Right. But if yeah. you, if I was trading away that same Todd Gurley last year, he probably would have gone for like a second rounder or something. So like yeah. the market has moved like that. I think it'll settle back down into that more like high mid range rather than like the top of the top, unless you're going for like an absolute, guy that's gonna like yeah well and then you think about so and this is a a question that i was thinking to myself about the other day is like you have players like if you look at some of the earlier rounds like a lot of guys are bus (laughs) like it's not like oh like this round pick is just all of a sudden you're gonna have such a squad like Najee Harris went in the third round this year, dude. Like, and then everyone was like, oh shit. Like, granted, like people were like, oh, like, do I draft him? But like during the draft, it's a lot harder to think about than, you know, looking back and saying, oh, Najee Harris sucks. But like, you do have to make those decisions. Like, and I think it's hard because you still have to pick the right people. But, anyways, I'm rambling. Um, what do you think about uh like keeper value, killing keeper value. I've thought about this as well as like the playoff thing. Like 
like JJ, for instance, he has 11th round keeper value. You have other people who have studs next year. I could just, you know, I'm probably going to trade. If I'm going to trade JJ, I, I get to decide whether I'm going to kill his keeper value. So somebody's not stacked or that's when, you know, you're more likely to say, Hey, I'll take a first round and a third round and of in like more of the rounds because you're not going to keep him anyways. And I've thought about it. Like, what do you think of keeping the keeper value the way it is? Or do you think like letting it die off would make more sense? And I don't um, like, are you basically saying like it shouldn't, the clock shouldn't restart when you trade them. Is that kind of what, right. the, what the question is? Yeah. I think there's a good argument to be made for that. And I mean, that's JT made that argument um, once too. And he was like, look, like if you, if the trade, if the clock restarts every time the person's traded, then like you, you essentially, if you get a good keeper, you just have that value forever then, because like yeah. you can just keep like rolling it forward and rolling it forward. I mean, eventually it, it dies off or, you know, diminishes depending on what you do. Um, and I think there's some argument to that for sure. Basically, the reason that, that we made the rule um, or the, that I kind of wrote the, wrote the rule the way it is where like the keeper value continues when you were, you know, basically renews when you make the trade was more so out of like, I, I didn't necessarily think people were going to like if, if it, it's harder to keep track of essentially like everyone, you know, if you kept a guy two years in a row or three years in a row, like you, you know it. But if you trade for a guy who's been traded two or three years in a row, like you don't know for sure. Like it just, it's just harder to know. Like if he, if, if you're getting scanned, like if he still has more years on his, on his keeper bid or like if he doesn't. So it was more just like out of ease of like making sure that like, you know, that if you trade for a guy, you can click on him, see exactly what round he went in. Even if he was a keeper, you know, that that's where you're getting him next year. So it was more just out of like easiness rather than like out of fairness. Yeah. Um, and, and if we decide that we'd rather go the other way, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it, but like people just need to be aware then when they're like looking at someone be like, Oh, it says he was drafting the 11th round. It was like, yeah, but his keeper value died off from someone else like that. Yeah. that thing that you got to be. On yeah. Cause I also do think like it does, it would require you to be more strategic in a sense. Yeah. Because it's not like you can just sit on a wagon and be like, oh, fuck, like me right now. Like, oh, and Sam did it last year. Like, oh, I have JJ. He traded away. It all worked out for him. But like it gives you so much value. Whereas if it died off, it would be like maybe it's not necessarily worth, you know, first try, especially this year. Like say it was dying off this year or something. Regardless, right? Yeah. He gets hurt. He's out. And I'm sitting in a position where I'm like, fuck, I can't keep him next year. Yeah. But may, he could help me, but he could definitely help somebody. Else. I don't know. I've just thought about it and what would make more sense. So, so JJ's not a keeper forever. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it just it it changes the math for sure. But but I don't know exactly how it would change, um, like draft pick, you know, trades or or, or whatnot. Um, I, I I don't hate the rule change. I think it it would it just would change how people view yeah guys like that. Uh, we'd have to probably like you know have like a a buy like a period like a uh, I don't know, like a building period like too. But yeah, because. Like if if you made it like if I let's say that like I trade for JJ right now like expecting that he's going to be a keeper for the next two years and then we make that rule like then I it would have to be like a two year grace period right 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 yeah um well fuck well I got to go back to work yeah, uh, I probably got to get going soon I'm sure me, uh, me so one time. last thing one last thing before we go talked about it a little bit before we hop off here let's give your let's just do. I mean, Kyle's the biggest loser so far. That's nothing to even talk about. Um, let's go with just projections. If you had to say one team to win it besides your besides yourself, I think JT. I mean, obviously we can say that. Let's go with a dark horse to make it interesting. 
Let's go with the dark horse to win the league this year. Um, that is JT, and just because he does have a wagon. <laughs> um. All right, let's go dark horse. Dark horse. I'm gonna say. Is Dark Horse just anyone but JT? Because that, um, like, besides JT and besides yourself, um, I think. Um, so I'm inclined to say Vince. I think Vince's team is is very good, but at the end of the day, it's a little bit like Brody last year. Like Vince is gonna Vince, right? Like he's <laughs> he's never won it. I mean, you can say the same thing about me. I've never won it, but like, <laughs> caught yourself. Quick, what? <laughs> like Brody's never won it. Like, and he, but like the Vince and Brody have been like the two worst teams throughout our league's history. Like every year, at the end of the year, at the end of the day, it's like you kind of have to see it before you believe it. Um, so that's where I'm, I'm hesitant to say Vince, but I think he's got a, a very good team on paper that hasn't maybe necessarily performed. Um, honestly, Sam is a little bit of a dark horse, and even though he's five and one, like people kind of write him off because his uh-huh. points scored aren't very high. But, like, he's got Jalen Hurts, he's got Keenan Allen, uh, he's got Devontae Smith, who's been underperforming a little bit so far, and he's got Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb. Like, those are good players. Antonio Gibson, baby. Um, Yeah, now his running backs, I mean, Josh Jacobs, every year I think Josh Jacobs is going to fall off a cliff, and he somehow doesn't. Bro, Sam has a wagon. Yeah, his his team is, like, good on pay. I think people have written him off because, like, uh, yeah, I think people have written him off because he's only scored, like, I mean, he's seventh in the league in points scored. Yeah, um, but like on paper, his team looks like they're pretty good. So like, if you can call the five and one team a dark horse, then like they are. But like, and you know, he's kind of got a horseshoe up his ass too. So like, you never know what can happen with him when he makes the playoffs. Horseshoe is up his ass. Horseshoe's up Chippy's ass too. I don't know. I mean, I can't understand why I've always been the villain. But I'm quiet, baby. I only talk shit when shit is due to be talked. Um, <laughs> do you think we're on track to get a new villain of the league? Uh, I think it, week to week, like sometimes it'll change. Like Chip, Chip will chirp up every now and then. Mason will chirp up every now and then. Although Mason never does it in a way that like can actually be like villain. Um, it's still mostly chirps at myself. <laughs> yeah, like, chirp at other people, guys. Let's create. Like it's still like it's like I won't say a word, and it's like fuck you, shoe. It's like dude, like get some new content, boys. Like dude, let's create some drama in the league. Get some new content. I think people have tried to fill the void, but at the end of the day, like there's a steep mountain to climb to reach your like level of villainhood after, I mean, you just had that stretch of like having the year that you were the BTE year, then the who want Waddle year. And then <laughs> last year being like the, like your team was number one throughout the whole season. So it was like, you, you we had a three year stretch of just being absolutely, we literally had to change our group chat format because people were so annoyed with how many, te- how many texts were coming through in the group. Me, we had to add the discord because of you. So like, that's such a steep hill to climb to reach that level of villainy. And with that being said, y'all better not let me into the playoffs when JJ gets back, because after all the shit on how bad my team is, y'all better not let me do it because if I do it, I'll be back. But with that being said, I got to bounce off that bitch. Um, Preston, you've really dropped the ball as co-commish. You forgot to put notes in uh, from last year's rules. I really hope that you put in the rules. I really really hope that you put in the rules this year. Uh, But with that being said, here is a long uh, weighted episode and we'll try and do better for you boys. Worst of luck in week seven. (laughs) 